The Exorcist Believer. Is it really that bad? We're here to analyze the plot and discuss the film's ideas borrowed from the Dead Sea Scrolls and a mistranslated Bible verse. So what did they get wrong and is this movie still worth watching? We're here to talk about it. With legacy sequels, you want the hero to show up and beat the demon. The original heroes in the original movie are dead. So at the beginning of the film, one of the staples of the Exorcist franchise is to introduce a main character in a faith crisis. So here we have Victor. Uh, do one of you guys want to explain the conundrum that he's in? So at the beginning of the movie, Victor and his wife, who is expecting, are in Haiti. Now, first off, I'm not sure why she's traveling when she's that pregnant, but I don't judge. Anyway, <laughs> so they're walking around Haiti, and the woman is a very spiritual person. You can tell she's she's gone to, she's kind of looking at different churches. She gets met by this voodoo priestess and says, you know, hey, can I uh, bless your baby? And, you know, so she's visiting all these religious places while her husband, who's a photographer, he's obviously not dealing with uh, religion or spirituality. He doesn't feel that as much as she does. So he kind of stays away from it and everything like that. As I mentioned, she meets a voodoo priestess. This priestess puts a blessing on the baby, rubs her stomach in oils and blesses the baby and says, this will protect the baby. Not long after, there's a big earthquake in Haiti and buildings are collapsing. Chaos ensues. Victor goes running into the building that his wife was in and finds her on a collapsed stairwell. A few minutes later at the hospital, the doctor gives his gives the uh, husband basically an ultimatum. Unfortunately, the injuries are so bad we can only save the mother or the daughter. And he has to make a decision. And that kind of... It's how the movie starts, basically. Yeah, so that conundrum is going to come back in the climax of the film. So it's important, but we've got our typical character in a faith crisis. Because his wife dies, he no longer believes in a god or a higher power, which is kind of interesting, though, because didn't the blessing, like for all he knows, didn't it work because his daughter was protected, right? Technically. Yeah. yeah. And they even make mention of that a little bit later in the film with the neighbor when he's questioning faith and all that stuff. She even says like, well, you know, if you don't mind me saying this, but I, I believe that your your daughter is a miracle, you know, because she survived and she lived. But yeah. Yeah. So why did he lose his faith then? I mean, I, I understand that would be difficult for anybody, but uh, I don't think he lost anything. I, I don't think he had it. I don't think he had it to begin with. I mean, they, mm. they actually have a conversation at the beginning of it where he mentions that, you know, it's not like he's ridiculing her for believing or anything like that. He's, I think he just mentioned, well, you know, honey, I'm just, that's, I'm not into that and kind of leaves it at that. So the fact that he wasn't a believer and then this happened, the worst thing that could ever happen to a married man, I think that just proves to him more because it's like well if there were a god why would he do this why would he cause pain why would he cause suffering sadness and all this so yeah i think that more just resolved his feelings that he doesn't believe and now he truly doesn't believe more yeah yeah so it's the problem of evil why does god allow evil in the world and mm -hmm. how could god exist when there's so much pain and suffering that theme was in one of the other exorcist movies dominion it is dominion which has a similar 
arc, mm-hmm. I think. That whole first scene in Haiti and everything, that was a very cool intro. Yeah. So the movie's about to start, and I turned to Drew, and I said, God, I hope this doesn't suck. <laughs> that's that's all I wanted, right? And as soon as the movie hits, it's two dogs going at it. Just like so the original. Immedi- just like the original. So <laughs> re- immediately, I'm like, oh, no. I look straight at Drew, and I'm like, oh, no. But I immediately changed my mind and got excited because they shot this perfectly. This was an exorcist movie when it started at the beginning, the way the cuts were the way, you know, there was no music. There wasn't a lot of sound. It was just kind of background noise, but the background noise was almost creepy. Mm -hmm. You knew you were in a horror movie, even though they were, in a beautiful place, taking pictures and smiling the way everything was going. It was like, Oh yeah. And this I, is dark. Yeah. And I, I know we're going to get into this, but I, I thought that again, I thought the beginning was really, really well done. And I thought the first half of this movie was really well done. I thought it had a lot of suspense and it kept you on the edge of your seat. And the, the two actresses who played the possessed girls were, outstanding i mean they're creepy and it was great it's the second half where the wheels kind of fall off a little bit and we'll um, get to that and we'll yeah we'll get we'll end up getting to it so um but uh i agree with doug i thought the first part was um i do want to point that out awesome yeah that first part was done i mean you i don't think you could have done it better no it was really really well done kudos to whoever edited that whoever came up with that you started an exorcist movie the way an exorcist movie should start. Yeah. And I'm not saying an exorcism movie. I'm saying from this world, you started it perfect. So right off the bat, I'm excited. This is looking, starting perfectly. So now we can move on. Yeah. Now we get into my wheelhouse a little bit because (laughs) I'm always interested in the theology so I was looking at when the two girls get possessed, they try to contact Angela's mom who has died, right? Right. And I was I was interested. I'm like, oh, I know where they got this idea from. You guys know what it comes from? No. No idea. And that might have helped the movie a little bit if they explained what happened. They they try to. They bring in Catherine's mom and they explain something the girls did opened them up to become possessed, right? Well, something that idea does come (laughs) from, (laughs) yeah, that idea does come from the Bible and the the explanation. Okay. There's a story in first Samuel 28. It's called the witch of indoor King Saul goes to this medium and he's trying to get her to summon up the dead prophet Samuel. And when he does, or when the witch actually summons up Samuel, she's successful and she freaks out. And Saul says, what did you see? And she says, in English, it says, I saw a God. Well, in Hebrew, it says, I saw gods, plural. Now, their word for gods didn't mean God like we think of it. It meant any spiritual being, so an angel, a demon. So the point is, when she summoned up the person that Saul wanted to talk to from the dead, well, there were other spiritual beings around, like other demons. So the whole concept is like, you shouldn't try to contact the dead because you don't really know who's on the other end of the line. Like, you don't know if it's 
the person yeah, you sound, thought you were like trying to contact they or probably not. just have like one or two payphones up there at most <laughs> yeah and know? they got a party line <laughs> not like you know they're not you know, they, they don't have a they don't have individual cell phones or anything like that <laughs> and obviously no one's running the phone it's just chaos up there so somebody needs to just organize a little bit and then we wouldn't have any of these issues yeah so this this movie starts talking about the dead sea scrolls well that idea of how they got possessed came from the bible the dead sea scrolls the old testament but this is the part that doesn't make sense to me or i couldn't figure out do both girls get possessed by different demons or does one demon possess both of them again um a good misstep from this movie yep because all they did was go here are two girls they're gone they're possessed super friends activate <laughs> so there was that that's that that's one of the missteps yep. um so when we get into this part of it you get to know victor's daughter uh sorry Ange right angela here. angela thank you you get to know her, you know, they're talking this, that she's interested in her mom. She's looking through her stuff. You get to know Angela and then in comes Catherine. Hi, I'm Catherine. I'm a girl. I'm possessed. Who's Catherine? Yeah. We knew nothing about her. Yeah. I you know, there know is, why. there is nothing that's told to us about her and I'll get more into that later in the movie, but so yeah, with Catherine, that's one of the missteps is this movie is only an hour and 51 minutes long. Now, some people don't like longer movies or anything, but you know, you could have taken an easy minute and a half to two minutes to give this girl a story to get us to care for her because she's also being tortured. You know, she is a possessed child and we want to care about her. And we do in a sense, but we don't know her. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, that's the way it was with Reagan. You got to know her. You got to see her act, you know, outside of being possessed. You got to see her doing things. I mean, we literally, Catherine, I think has, somebody said three lines, three or four lines. Yeah. I shouldn't say much. And I don't even know if, yeah, I mean, all the only reason we know Catherine is because other people say it. I don't even think her and Angela have a conversation where she's like, Hey, Catherine, Hey, Angela, you know, it's just into the woods, get possessed. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing so, we know about her is that her family goes to church and her family is religious and you're right. It's hard to connect with the character when you don't have time to get to know that character. So that, yeah, yeah that's definitely a big misstep that this movie took. So yeah. And in that scene, you're missing two things. A, what are they doing? How did, how did they learn this? Spe speaking from growing up, I grew up in a religious family. I went to the Church of Christ and to the Catholic Church every other weekend. So I, you know, I was getting plenty of religion. So, but I knew about Ouija boards, but that's it. I knew I wasn't supposed to play with them. I didn't, but I didn't know any other weird. Now, granted, I grew up in the Stone Ages when internet didn't exist, but yeah, I didn't know any weird you know, hypnotism thing where you can call people. I mean, literally it was Ouija board in that thing when you're supposed to be able to put two fingers under somebody as stiff as a board. Stiff as a board, light as a feather. Thank you. Yeah. And we never got that to work either. No. So that that's the only thing. So it's hard for me to believe that 
a young girl from a fairly religious family. I mean, the way they portray this family, they are almost overly religious in some points. How did she learn about this? Mm -hmm. Because all, you know, the Ouija board was advertised on Saturday morning cartoons by Hasbro, you know, so that's how I knew about a Ouija board. That's it. Mm -hmm. So how did she learn about this? And yeah, but, Actually, no. What this is a... possessed her to do this, or you know, yeah, I mean, they could yeah. have easily put in a thirty-second scene when she's in Sunday school, and they tell her about, or they start talking about certain things, and you know, because I did grow up when I was really young. I mean, my Sunday schools were hardcore. I mean, they would tell you about how hell is bad, and it's like you know, if you try to drink the water, your tongue will boil. And it's like, oh, God, I don't want to go there. So so I can kind of see that if you would have taken that and just her in Sunday school and they're like, you know, here are some things you do not want to try because you will contact Satan and this and that. So it at least started up some curiosity from her, maybe, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But not introducing her, giving her a story and not telling us what they're doing, how they figured it out. I think that. It was a misstep. It didn't kill the movie, but it was like, wow, that happened best. Yeah. Or, yeah, or who they got possessed by, if there's one demon, if they're two okay. different demons. The mm-hmm. only thing I yeah. know is from interviews where the director said it's not Pazuzu this time. And that's all I know. But I had to well, go outside the movie to get that. See, that's the other thing. I I mean, I from the dialogue that I picked up the movie, it was one demon possessing both of them at the same time. But I, they never, you know, they didn't say the name of the demon, but that's the weird part. When Chris comes back, it's, oh, she knows me. Yeah, that's the thing. So you felt, so you've messed with this demon before, or the demon is using, you're trying to find Reagan and all this stuff. So that's where I started thinking, so wait, is this Pazuzu? But I Pazuzu's assistant. It's his assistant. assistant. Yeah. So it's just, (laughs) that was the other confusing part. It's like. Is this the same demon that she's dealt with before? Because that's how she knows it. And that's how she knows all these things. Or is it like the demons have a catalog that they can look up and go, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Okay, we got this. We can pull this. I mean, I don't know. But they didn't make it real clear on what was actually happening. And again, that that starts off in the second half of the movie where it's just all of a sudden it's like, (laughs) where are we going? I don't think the movie even knows I think it just did no. things and then they got done and they're like, oops, we should have spent longer on this script because what they're going to say next is that, you know, Jesus went to hell for three days and that's how they're explaining where the girls went for three days. So I'm sitting there like, yeah. wait, are you saying that the girls souls went to hell for three days or that yeah. when the girls are possessed, their souls are in hell because that's what it seemed like. But that first of all, that whole thing about Jesus going to hell, that tradition is somewhat based on a mistranslation. Like That's all the these... first time I've ever heard that. I'm going to point that out. Oh, yes, really? no, I mean, so you I'm didn't not saying I'm that. a theologian in this, but okay. um, yeah, I've never heard that. I just he, figured he was hanging out. <laughs> it says in Revelation, Revelation 118, it says Jesus went and took the keys of death and Hades. So he went to the underworld. The underworld's not the same place as hell. But right. he, there is a verse, it's First Peter 3.19, where he goes and he preaches to the, the spirits in prison. You'll find out in Second Peter 4, I think, 
that that prison is Tartarus. It is like the lowest level of hell, and it is where these fallen angels are kept who tempted humans before the flood. So that ties to the book of Enoch. So there, there is this thing about Jesus visiting hell to tell these fallen angels that they're doomed. He's delivering them their judgment. But there's nothing about him going to hell. Yeah, but Jesus is basically, you know, an extension of God. Yeah, so yeah. He, he can go wherever he wants. Handle hell. There's no way a human soul went to hell and came back and was like, "Okay, I'm in school the next day. It's cool." <laughs> no, he no, didn't it, go there and defeat the devil. That he he defeated the devil metaphorically by by taking away control of who lives and who dies. He had well, Jesus I'm just has saying, the keys of just death. Just being now. in hell. Period. That's the absence of God. Yeah, so that's a good point. A soul being without God for a minute would equal a lifetime of torture, I would assume. Yeah. You know, something, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they were in there for allegedly three days, that would shut the brain down forever. And the, I mean, yeah. They, yeah. Right. And so the dad picked this up because they were gone for three days. He makes that connection of the Jesus story. And I think he's also saying something like that explains why their feet are burned and why their skin is. They were walking around barefoot for three that's days. That's not what woods. demon possession is. Like, <laughs> but that's that's they, the explanation. That's how he was able to piece it together. That, that they're possessed because they opened up something and they went to hell for three days and their feet are burnt and now they're back. And, you know, um, that's how he yeah. got that idea. This is what drove okay. me nuts, though. <laughs> they brought up the Dead Sea Scrolls as evidence of demon possession. Correct. So I get all excited like, oh, yes, they're going to actually base this on like theology from the Dead Sea Scrolls. But then pretty quickly I realized I don't think they read these and I don't know if they even read the Bible verses about possession because yeah. the whole thing about possession is a demon enters your body, takes you hostage, your soul is still in your body. It's it's You're not transported to hell. And mm-hmm. I, I was just like scratching they, my head like they even explained really? that in the original. They because... needed a consultant. Yeah, yep. in the original movie, at the very end, when they're leaving the house, Chris meets up with the priest that survives, uh, the friend of Father Damien, and they're talking, and she says she doesn't remember much. And Reagan walks over and says hi and everything like that, and then it shows her staring at the priest, and he's got his scarf on with the cross, and she remembers that. And she immediately walks over and just hugs him for mm-hmm. no reason. Because yeah. she remembers, oh, the cross. I remember a person with a cross helping me. This must be him. So she was obviously in there. She yeah. wasn't in hell. Yeah. But, but so, that is, you know, they explain that. So use it. Yeah. No demon <laughs> possession that I know of works like that. And I've studied it in different cultures. So it's okay, I think, if the movie wants to make its own rules, but it has to stick to them. And this one doesn't. And it, deviates from the rules of the franchise That's and it cites yeah, something that. as its source dead sea scrolls old testament but does not know what that source said at all yeah <laughs> so that that's where i started to i started to turn on the movie here a little bit because mm-hmm. not not only that but doesn't that priest who wants to perform the exorcism originally doesn't he say <laughs> that he senses like two souls in the girl so it's like one moment they said the soul is 
like the girl's still there she's still there and the other moment it's saying she's in hell it's like it can't get its own story straight somebody else needed to yeah i think it had something to do with like they said the heartbeats they had separate heartbeats at one point because that's why they had the heart monitors hooked up to them and at one point they got two separate heartbeats so it's like oh hey they came back they're in there now now i can talk to them as they're there and i'm trying to pull them out with and then the heartbeats went back on sync again like oh it's just one heartbeat again like it's just the demon now it's not them i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I don't think a little girl, if she got possessed, I don't think she'd go to hell if she died anyways, necessarily. Like an innocent kid. But th- uh, this movie will say, I guess we'll get there. We'll but, get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to save it. Ahead a little bit. That's yeah. It. Yeah. All right. Well, about this time, we do see Chris McNeil reappear. So what do oh, you guys uh, think of her appearance? Uh, uh, pointless. Absolutely pointless. This was exactly what we feared it would be. Yeah, this was. this one was um I saw a podcast. I apologize. I can't remember whose podcast was. I wish I could give you a shout out, but basically he started his podcast off with the power of a cameo compels you. Yeah. And that's all it is. And truthfully, and you've heard this in multiple podcasts if you listen to this, but yeah, if you watch the trailer, you've seen ninety percent of Ellen Burson's scenes. Yeah. Because she's in and she's out. She has a very it, you, long monologue. I was like, why isn't she having dialogue with the characters in the scene? Instead, it's like she's not looking at them and she's just delivering this long monologue. It's almost like she just really just mailed that one in. Like, I just don't want to be here. So what do you want me to say? I'll say it. And this is what you're getting. (laughs) I don't want to do this. That scene Um, should have been written as an interaction, though. It should not. Yeah, have, she should, shouldn't fault. have been in a period. I don't think she should have been in a period. I think the best way that they could have done that, if you want to, if you want to give a you know a, a callback to the character, it's fine that she wrote the book. So you say, hey, uh, I got this book that you might want to read. It might help you. And then like he gets the book, and then you see the name on the book, and it's like, oh, I know that name. But that's it. You don't need to bring her back. He travels to Florida or wherever it is that she lives. It to seek her out for this help. And she flat out says, like, I've studied exorcisms, but I can't perform exorcisms. And then the very next scene, what does she do? She tries to exorcise. She tries to perform an exorcism. I it's noticed like, that. What is this? <laughs> and she's, no. she's not even really performing an exorcism because she's not reading the rites or the, the no. psalms that they use. She's just basically, like, trying to intimidate the demon. So I was like... Well, if you're going to do an exorcism, you should probably, you know, follow the the protocol and right. not try to wing it. <laughs> See, this is what we talked about when we were talking about when we did our exorcist podcast. Doug brought it up that, you know, if, if someone if if you're going to do an exorcism, make sure that you're qualified to do it. You know, like I'm yeah, not the guy to do it. Doug is not the guy to do it. Have, she probably should have uh, watched the podcast. She should have watched the podcast. Have watched our podcast, she would have been fine. You should right. have been like, oh, I better not do that and get my eyes stabbed out. Right. If you're not I qualified to do it, then don't do it. You're just going to make things worse. And she just went all blown in there. And then she gets her eyes stabbed out with a crucifix. And now she's blind and lays in a bed and does push-ups. Well, this is, this is where things get ridiculous because <laughs> the film is trying to put forward a, a good idea. Like, hey, some of religion has been like, I don't know, kind of locked down. This should be more diverse. 
anyone should be able to do some of these things, but I don't know about an exorcism. I don't think but, an exorcism qualifies as one of those things that anybody should be able to do. But the script tries to put that forward, Yeah. but it portrays on screen that they're failing at it, but it's still saying the words that, oh, Jesus said anyone can do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. Jesus took those people <laughs> around for three years and very hands-on trained them to do this. Yeah. Like, like I could if, if baptize somebody. Killed, yeah, I, I yeah, could, I could perform a baptism. I, I can do that. But that's uh, an, exor- an exorcism is well beyond our pay grade. Yeah, this is um, the one thing I'd say, like, this should be vetted, the exorcism. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's that's my take, and I think that's also I, I think you guys probably agree. It's, it's just I think she was it was just pointless to have her in this movie. Show her face on the cover of a book, and let's move on. <laughs> she probably didn't want to be in the movie so bad that she was like, "I'll be in it if you just kill me." <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> well, she didn't even die. No, she didn't even die. <laughs> well, the whole story, and it, you know, it's pretty popular. You've heard it around, but I'll say it again, just in case somebody hasn't. So they approached Ellen Burstyn and said, hey, we want to do an Exorcist uh, reboot, blah, 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 or legacy sequel. Will you be in it? We would like to pay you X amount of money. And she said, no. So they come back again. How about we pay you double what we offered? And she said, no. Then they came back with triple. And she said, no. Finally, she said, if you really want me to be in this movie, I've heard two different stories. Either A, I'll take triple and... Or she didn't take the triple, and what she took was Blumhouse is now paying for her scholarship program. Hmm. So she she uh, hands out scholarships to uh, college students who are going into acting, and so now Blumhouse pays for that for her. So for her to come in and say the fifteen minutes worth of dialogue she did, she, she made out pretty well. So good yeah. job, Ellen. Yeah. Good job. And you know what? She was great. I mean, it's Ellen Burstyn. I mean, woman's a legend and she can walk in there and just go <laughs> for five minutes. She'll do a good job at it. <laughs> so again, you know, even though her, her, you know, she was, it was kind of pointless. It was kind of weird. I mean, I know why they wanted to bring her in because they're trying. And I didn't realize this at the time, but they are doing, this is the first of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like they're bringing Linda Blair back. She's going to be the main focus in part two and three, which I'll get into that later. But uh, so I, the main reason they brought her in was so they can bring a you know mother daughter coming back together thing and uh, introduce Linda Blair or Reagan so she can uh, take the last two movies home. So I understand why they did it. They just did it poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is about the time when they approached the Catholic Church to try to get an exorcism approved. And they have one priest on their side who is pitching the idea and believes that an exorcism is needed. And it has been revealed at this point that the girls have secret knowledge. Like they know the nurse was almost a nun once, and she had chosen this new name when she became a nun. She would be known by a new name, and she never told anyone what it was. Well, the demon knows. And there were, I think, by the end of the film, I counted three instances where the girls had secret knowledge that they shouldn't have had. Well, that is one of the potential indicators that that the Catholic Church has in real life, 
either speaking in a language they shouldn't know, knowledge they shouldn't know, unusual strength, all these things. This case fit the Catholic Church's requirements to have an exorcism performed. But the story, I think they wanted to just have the institution, they wanted to go for this more like diverse community type of theme, which I think is good, (laughs) but I think you needed to have the church say no for a better reason than, oh, it fits our criteria, but we're going to say no for no apparent Mm -hmm. reason. And I have a suggested (laughs) fix. My suggested fix is have them say, no, uh, we know it looks like a possession, but we need a little bit more evidence. And the family's like, oh, we don't have time. Our daughters are going to die. Like they're hurting themselves. We can't wait anymore. So we have to do it. I think they could have fixed it then instead of just like they're saying no for no apparent reason. And yeah. and I think they were kind of taking a little bit of an anti-institutional route there. Yeah, but what makes it worse, and this happens in almost every exorcism movie. And I understand, again, it, it's it's a stupid gripe because it's a movie. They're trying to creep people out. But I always go back to, and this is going to be a kind of a deep cut for few people but drew's in on with me the psych episode where they did the exorcist exorcism mm-hmm. kind of spook the devil's right? in the upstairs bedroom thank you yep. so anyway in the movies when a girl gets possessed this happened in the original and it happened with these two if a catholic priest walks in and looks at them he knows they are possessed or they're getting seriously abused by their parents because these girls are just messed up. I mean, there's cuts and bruises and they're puking up weird stuff and they're talking in weird voices and everything like that. All the Catholic priest has to do is walk in and be like, who are you? Okay. Let's do this. (laughs) But no, every movie they, they go through all this. And again, you know, it's the way it should be, but you got to tone down the makeup. In the episode, the psych episode, the girl who claimed to be possessed, she did a very good acting job of being possessed, but she looked normal. Yeah, but she, she would contort her body. and Yeah, she can move and do all that weird stuff. But again, you look at her and it's like, whoa, she's messed in the head. Or maybe she's possessed. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't walk in and look at these two 12-year-old girls who are speaking in voices lower than any three of us and drew can sing low and you know they're cut up and they're and spinning up stuff and everything like that there is no reason for the catholic priest catholic church to be like nah (laughs) so but again that that's a stupid gripe because you want the movie to be scary so yeah you gotta make them I, i like the decentralizing faith theme a little bit i mean i started a a brewery uh church it's a discussion group at a brewery that talks about the bible like that's my form of decentralized church like i i think that's a cool idea to get more people involved i just think they needed to you know think through that and give better reasons in the script but we're about to get to the exorcism itself yeah so yeah what do you guys think about the actual exorcism? Okay. So when they all assembled like the Avengers, <laughs> you know, you had, you had the, uh, was she a Wiccan? 
the, the that, that, that's the only thing I could think no, of. No, not again. necessarily. What is she? It's something the to Earth do with girl? the Earth. The girl, yeah. yeah. What Earth. do they call that? A root I'm, healer. I have an idea. I can tell you where I think where I think it comes from. In Catholicism, there is still some herbal blessings. Like sometimes people try to bless their house or protect it from spirits by spreading like rosemary or oil. I mean, that is a thing, but that actually comes out of the Dead Sea Scrolls, but not in the way that the movie thinks it does because (laughs) (laughs) there's a scroll. I can't remember which one it is in. The idea was that angels taught Noah. This, This is one of those books that's not in the Bible, right? Angels taught Noah how to use herbs for healing. Well, if you fast forward a little bit, the Jews, I mean, their belief was that whenever someone was sick, that demons were involved in that. So like demon possession and having the flu, for instance, were, were linked for them. Now, we, we, don't, we don't do that. We don't think that way anymore. But what they would do is they'd, they'd come in there and they'd find a sick person and they'd perform an exorcism. And when that person got better, they'd be like, oh, well, the exorcism worked, right? So... Fast forward to Jesus. Jesus isn't using any of these herbs for his exorcisms. He's just commanding these demons leave people's bodies, and they're suddenly better, right? So then people figured out, oh, like the herbs are not, like Jesus is the true exorcist. Maybe some of these other exorcisms were illegitimate. That was the view, right? So (laughs) I I did think it was interesting that they brought that in. Now, I... I know people still believe in that. I know people around me still do some things with herbs. And I'm not going to say that God doesn't honor that because maybe he looks at the intent of what you're doing. But I I thought that might be one of those ideas that they pulled from the Dead Sea Scrolls, but they didn't quite understand it in context. So I don't know. It was interesting. Well, you had her and you had the Pentecostal and then you had a Catholic or I guess a, a they're Baptists. They're Baptists. <laughs> you had the the one who's going to be a Catholic, a nun, and she backed out. And then you had the non-believer. So you had these five. And like I said, you know, at one point they meet up in the church and they're all like in a line. And I, I think I mentioned something like, hey, look at this. It's like the dream team of exorcism, exorcists. And Doug's like, oh, he goes, what they should have done with that scene is get some real, you know, kicking rock music behind him as they're walking out, you know, like just Creed. <laughs> Creed. Play some Creed. <laughs> So they go to this exorcist and they, they bolt these chairs to the floor and they strap one girl. Wasn't she in like an Institute and they had to like get her out to go bring her to this house and nail, you know, and strap her to a chair. Yeah. So they strap her to, they strap him to this chair and you know, all the people are going to gather around and we're going to do this together. And <laughs> The Catholic pre, you know, the priest won't go in and do this because he hasn't given been given permission. So he gives it to the lady, the neighbor who is going to be a nun, and you know, here's this and here's this, and you do this. And you know, uh, I dug it. Yeah, I loved every second of that part. It was um, yeah. I know it's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm taking this really messed up girl who why why hasn't Child Protective Services shown up yet? <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna you know that's a little bit weird, but. I love the fact of this team up, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like uh, nightmare on Elm street three, right? It's, you know, we're going to bring, we 
bringing all our powers together because now it's twice as bad because you got two girls that are possessed. So, and it's not just a Catholic family. Actually, in the original, they weren't even churchgoers, but mm -hmm. it's not just about the Catholics anymore. You know, the Catholics are in part of it, but, you know, I think it's a good message because I grew up in a church that believed everyone else was going to hell. I won't get too deep into that, but you know, it took me a while to get past that. Even when I moved to Indianapolis, I joined Nathan's church and it was a Methodist church and I struggled with it a little bit because it's like, Oh, this isn't a Christian church, but yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, it took, took a little bit there and then my eyes opened up and it's like, you know, just because you believe something different or you pray differently, or you take your communion differently, or you play with snakes differently, doesn't mean you're wrong. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm right, but at least we're moving in the right direction. There's a great quote from a famous person. I have no idea, but I saw it on an episode of Sports Night where the guy's, uh, the guy's praying. He's like, God, I may not always make the right decisions, but the fact that I want to, I think makes you happy. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's like, you know, all these people, maybe, maybe the herb thing isn't right, but I think she's doing the right thing yeah. and I can't I don't want to believe that God would be like well you played with herbs and actually this is the right religion so the rest of you are going no I right we're, we're all doing positive good work in most cases when it comes to religion and everything like that in most cases I'm pointing that out but you know that's what I liked about it was like it doesn't have to be a Catholic priest it's, you know, you've got somebody who believes in the Catholicism religion very strongly, and that's great. And then you got, like you said, the Pentecostal and maybe the Baptist and then the herb lady. Again, I apologize and don't want to offend anybody who yeah. is a part of that religion. We probably should have looked that up. Yeah, I just I thought that was really, really cool. And that's when I got excited again. The whole Chris McNeil thing was like, ah, oh, they struggled there. But OK, here we go. We're going back up. This is going to get cool. Let's bring in all the religions it's you know it's a like mm -hmm. i said a super yeah. friends worth of exorcists and yeah. i i i was excited and then stuff happened but and then stuff happened at that point i was excited <laughs> so again i like that that idea i really like that idea of the story yeah i i liked that too i just felt like the film isn't actually they're not going to let them succeed and so then they're they're going to look like they're community effort failed by the end of this but it was a cool idea they i don't know they just didn't they just didn't think through the story well enough mm -hmm. i did it, think oh go ahead drew well, i was just gonna say and 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 make this comparison with another film that you know the director did the halloween trilogy where he kind of had that same thing of the community rallies together to bring down michael myers and they fail <laughs> they did they don't do it. None of them do it. But they had this strong bond of if we all work together, we're going to succeed. And they didn't. And then, like the same thing happened in this movie. Mm. They're, they're all banding together to do what do this. And I mean, they actually they, they fail. They, they do. And again, I'm good with that, especially now knowing it's a trilogy. Yeah, yeah at the change. time we did, we thought it was one movie. Yeah, like, yeah that's how it ended. I was like, "Wow, that's dark." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like what? That's rough. <laughs> but now that I know it's a trilogy, 
it's like, ooh, you know, because you could you could really go some cool directions mm-hmm. with that trilogy, especially with the parents who lost their kid. Yeah, which, um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, again, didn't mean to step on your story. Oh no, 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 that was fine. I, I loved the fact that it that now that I know it's a trilogy that this ended the way it did. Yeah, because you can't you can't win and then continue, <laughs> right? Know? Unless you know uh, you can. I mean, you can't. Well, there had the, in, in a way, they they saved one and another one, so yeah. it wasn't like a, I guess, a complete loss. But it's almost like did they actually save Angela, or was because well, yeah. a demon kept his word in a way when he said you have to choose one girl lives, one girl dies. You're going to choose who does it, and and in a way, the demon kept his word. One girl dies, one girl lived, and I don't know if the people doing the exorcism had absolutely anything to do with that. No, but so, I don't know if they did, especially like, you know, the, the, the Catholic priest, <laughs> the Catholic priest. Well, let's, before we get too deep into that, okay, that's, we'll stop that. Part. What I want to talk about was the, the exorcism. <laughs> that's when, that's when things got a little bit rough. Yeah. So during the actual exorcism part, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, it started off good and you know things going crazy and they're praying and everything like that. Yeah. And then it went into fantasy because as soon as the girls started spitting up smoke and then the herb lady's the like I got this. <laughs> and then she brings out her own lost monster. You know, she brought out the monster from Lost, basically. And uh, then, you know, they had a smoke fight. And it was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> basically, that's that's when I think they hit the... I've got two paradoxes I'm going to explain throughout this. The first one is the House on Haunted Hill paradox. Mm-hmm. Movie from uh, 1999. And it was a remake and everything. But if you watch that, go back and watch that movie, the first three quarters of that movie is pretty good. I mean, it's got a hand, you know, it's got a handful of low A, high B actors in it, but it's creepy and it's got a good story going on. There's some weird stuff happening. And then it feels like they get to this point in the movie and they're like, okay, so we're going to do this scene next, this scene next. And we got to do this. And the guy's like, Oh, we got 12 bucks left. Oh crap. Um, what can you do with 12 bucks? I can make a big cloud of smoke that kills everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Some of these effects were a little shoddy. So that's what it felt like was, you know, they, I I understand the middle part with Chris, that, that the whole thing was weird, stupid. Um, just ignoring that but from the beginning of the movie the way it was shot and we didn't talk about it much but the whole uh lost children thing that was kind of cool mm-hmm. you know they, they they extended that for a decent amount of time and oh, you, yeah. you were feeling for the parents and the people in the community and everything like that that was done well and then the girls kind of turning that was done well yeah with their Get progression the into thing. it was very creepy yeah and then the power, uh, you know, the super friends unite. This is getting cool. And then it was like they ran out of money. It w- they could have done a lot of cool stuff because in the best two exorcist movies, one and three, when the Catholic priest arrives, the demon is frightened. Yes. 
right? In the original one, when Father Marin showed up, you know, it shows a close up of uh, Reagan's eyes, and you can just see him. You know, there's fear in yeah. those eyes. And then in part three, when uh, George C. Scott is sitting there, you know, fighting with the priest or the uh, demon and everything like that, and that door opens, and the Catholic priest is sitting there, that demon freaks out. So that is that's what exorcism. Uh, exorcist movies are is you bring in you know even if you want to do this whole team up thing that's great but when the catholic priest shows up it's about to go down that's the way it's supposed to happen yeah and the catholic priest showed up and said six words and immediately got ripped in you know yeah. his head gets snapped or yeah, get, get snapped and dead and it's yeah. like oh well that was rough i mean come on <laughs> that was supposed to be the hero moment yeah and it was a punk movie. I don't think they yeah, wanted to is. make the like, Catholic uh, Church or the, the the institutional church of any kind the hero based on that scene, based on them denying the exorcism, even though it fit their criteria. And Chris McNeil dropped that line about uh, the patriarch, the damn patriarchy. And mm -hmm. so I, I got the impression, okay, I understand you want to go for the the neighborhood community religion theme which i think is cool that actually is kind of like Very the cool. early church so i'm not opposed to that but like i do think they they had a bone to pick maybe with the catholic church or something which that that is a mistake to me for this franchise in a way oh, like you yeah. you can you can criticize certain things they've done they're people too but think about this this whole franchise is rooted in the Catholic faith. Like they set up their whole theology, Exorcist II Heretic ignores it. Look what happened to that movie. But mm -hmm. even Dominion, which was a terrible movie with terrible effects, had a solid faith story and theology behind it. But this movie is basically like taking a dump on the, <laughs> the historic theology of the franchise. And so I have to question like, what, did you give this movie to the right person? Because they could have extended the approach of this movie to be that community thing without like turning on the history of the franchise, if that makes sense. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it is a little bit of a throwback to the original because again, with all this stuff happening, he was still um, skeptical. He mm -hmm. still wasn't a hundred percent sure. It wasn't until father Marin showed up and was like, no, yep uh pazuzu i'm in yeah hot tag so yeah you know i can i can understand again throwing that in there and again they should have said we need more evidence instead of just flat out yeah you girls are speaking in tongues and with low voices and are completely ripped up no but yeah no, i don't have a problem with that but again they didn't resolve it they yeah. tried to, and then it was like, well, that didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, I'm not offended or anything. I, I just think, yeah. okay, I can see that you really wanted to take this route, and you, you could have done this better. But and I'll tell you, you what, I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's kind of the age we're in. Um, you know, trying to say that you don't have to be religious, and I'm not saying you have to or anything like that. But a lot of people do talk down about it and everything like that. But again, like you said this that's what this movie is based on this is pure religion this is a demon from hell possessing a body therefore if there is a hell there has to be a heaven that mm -hmm. has to win 
Heaven has to win. So you have to have a positive religious twist in there somewhere. You, you can't just have to well, make I this think, movie good and to make the fans of this movie happy. Yeah. You got to honor the franchise a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I you don't know, feel like they did that. <laughs> it's, it's like making episodes seven, eight, nine and having the Jedi's use laser guns instead of laser swords. <laughs> basically well, i'll tell you something that i i did like everything yeah i did like how they present they present the demons telling the parents they have to make a choice of which girl lives and which girl dies and mm -hmm. the reason i liked that was because if you think about this this is a retelling of genesis chapter three adam and eve being tempted in the garden of eden to take from the tree of knowledge they put the the people in this situation the only problem is like if they had an expert in that room, someone who had seen an exorcism before or been trained in it, they would have immediately taken the parents out of the room and been yeah. like, one, you're too close to this. Maybe they would have let Victor in there because he kept his head. He kept his cool. But Catherine's dad, dad had no business being he was in that in room. Shock. Yeah, he was in shock the whole time. He yeah. was in no psychological state to even be there. Yeah. So well, again, if that's were, what happens when amateurs well, that's, up and that's do the stuff. thing yeah. like like because they made that choice one girl died where an expert i mean father Marin basically says in the first film when the demon's trying to talk to them he tells father Karis, like don't listen to it like you know that if a demon is trying to make a deal with you not to take it because right. like in the hierarchy god's higher than the demon so you know an expert would have been like no appeal to God, trust God. So, I mean, it, it is interesting, though, to think about in the in terms of Genesis chapter 3, because then when the dad does rush in and say, no, Catherine, I choose Catherine, he's essentially taking the fruit from the tree of knowledge. So you could, you could call this the fall of man, mm -hmm. the exorcist version. So I, yeah. I do, I, I like it, but at the same time, that hurt their idea that it takes all of us to do this, because well, you, you guys, you guys failed. Like, yeah, I, I wanted to see the, the community succeed. But like you said, I didn't think about, oh, there's two more movies coming. Well, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time, <laughs> we didn't we didn't realize that until after we had seen it. Right. Now, when that 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 part where they're saying you have to choose one girl lives, one girl's dies, choose. And, you know, Angela is saying, telling dad, choose me. And of course, Catherine's saying, choose me. And apparently the devil was saying whoever you choose is going to die, but everyone in the room thought whoever you choose will live. Yeah, that's I never I got too. that. Mine was immediately like whoever you choose is dying. Were uh, you that way or did you think whoever they choose will live? I thought they were choosing who lives. I thought immediately choose who died because if you listen to like Angela when she's telling her dad, you didn't want me. You chose mom. You didn't choose me. So you never wanted me. So choose, and then she starts saying, "Choose me, choose me," and that right there uh -huh. is the hint at saying, "Choose me and kill me," because you didn't want me anyway. That's, that's the way point. I took. That's the way I took it. Uh -huh. So it was kind of like right there, like whoever they choose dies. So catch, yeah. So catch when um, the dad yells, "Catherine, I choose you," I was thinking, "Well, you just okay. Well, are you doing it?" I my my thought was when he says, "Catherine, I choose Catherine." He's doing that to put her out of misery. Mm. 
Like he's sacrificing her because I can't watch my daughter look like this, act like this, talk like this. She's suffering. She's in pain. Just take her and let's just be done with this. That's how I took it. And then I heard somebody off screen yell, he tricked us. And I'm like, did he? Because I thought he was pretty clear when he said, choose. (laughs) Choose choose who's going to die. You think he's, that's how he would work anyway. Well, and I thought Angela was saying like, choose who you should have chosen in the first place. You didn't choose me last time. Like, fix this. Fix that. I I took it as choose me and kill me because you didn't want me to begin with. Huh. And but a cool Kat, part of so oh, go ahead, no, that's that, say yeah. that's just that's how I took it. So at, when they said he tricked us, that was a little confusing for me because I'm like, nah, I think that's that's the way I took it from initially when he said choose. So I didn't know how you I, guys looked at it. I kind of like that scene because I feel that's when Victor got his faith. Yeah truly got his faith because he was skeptical all the way through it. He was doing different things. He wasn't too crazy about the religious people and everything like that. But when given that choice, he straight up, the mom of Catherine said, I'm not going to choose. And he looked straight at her and she said, I'm not going to choose either. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, okay, he gets it now. He's there. He's hit his part of, you know, where he needed to be in the movie. He's hit that. So, you know, good, good for that and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then the inevitable happens. Catherine's dad said, I choose her. And then she dies. And again, that's when not building up Catherine's character hurt. Yeah. Because when she died, it was, again, kind of dark. And it was done very well when she's getting pulled down pulled by the hands hell. and everything. That was yeah. creepy. But anyway, yeah, when that <laughs> happened, I was like, oh, man, that's creepy. That's bad. But I wasn't like, oh, the little girl died. I, that that wasn't the first thing, which that should have been the first thing I yeah, thought of. They should have given equal time to both girls and to mm-hmm. get to know both of them. And right, what what what's, impact? What's so sad. I don't know if you guys remember this from the trailer. There is a great line from Catherine while she's possessed and tied to that chair, where she just rips up and she's like, "I don't want to go to hell." Yeah, I noticed that they cut it. They didn't put that in the movie. She but said, "I don't want to die." Power- in no, the movie. Yeah, okay. Maybe that. But yeah, in the trailer, she says, I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, they yeah. didn't cut yeah, they cut that out. And it was like, oh, that's such a powerful, you know, that if they kept that in there, that would have at least taken a little bit further. So again, mm-hmm. it was just like they did not build her up enough for us to care. Right. And this movie was under two hours. You could have given her two minutes. Yep. Just two minutes of a character development. Other than being baptized, because we knew she was religious. We right. need to know her as a person. Right. So that was another misstep that I was like, ah, wish they would have done that a little bit better. And I, I'm still shocked that they actually said that she went to hell or showed that. Yeah, they showed her being I'm still, drugged down. And I'm still mm-hmm. scratching my Again, head like a little girl being possessed. Yeah, like, especially. she really and, go? I don't think she'd go And to hell. she was baptized. Yeah. I, so. I, again i think that has to do with the writers not being religious yeah they they needed a consultant especially if they were going to tout things like the dead sea scrolls and as we said earlier when they mentioned those scriptures like they didn't really know how to handle those scriptures the the bible's complicated it seems simple but when you get into there there are things that are simple about it but when you get into demons it's not simple at all (laughs) so yeah well, did you feel like the movie gave a 
satisfying answer to the question, why does evil exist? Because they're going to bring that up again. The nurse is going to talk about that. Do you think the film made a good case for why evil exists? Not really. I think they could have done more. Yeah. (laughs) Again, you know, the original movie, there were a lot of great conversations about evil and being uh, possessed and God. And, you know, there were that wasn't. And again, it's not, you know, the original movie wasn't a go religion movie. It's a straight up horror movie with religious undertones. Right. And that's the way it should be. And this movie was a horror movie based on a horror movie with religious undertones. And it, that's not what it should have been. It should have been a horror movie with religious undertones. And they, that's again, another misstep. I think they could have done a little bit better, do a little bit more research, explain why this is happening. Cause again, we don't know why all this is happening. You know, the original movie, it was a girl playing with something she shouldn't have played with go you know and that that is a just straight up great horror movie and then they extended it on so you know you got to come up with crazy and weird theories and everything like that but they didn't that's no. where they kind of messed up with this yeah i mean the two girls just looking at a, a necklace watching a necklace and saying all right try to see if you can hear your mom and the next thing you know they're gone for three days unless they were sitting in the portal to hell which is what that little thing was. I mean, that's the only explanation because you're right. They don't explain how do what they were doing open up them to be possessed unless, and the only other thing I can think of, and I, I brought this up to Doug and we watched it is at the beginning when they're putting those blessings on her, was they actually putting some kind of a curse on her, on the baby when they were blessing it. That's the one thing. I, that's how I thought she was going to become possessed because of, something that happened in Haiti, but that's a good question. So is, and they but, could call back to that, but then again, but then how does that have anything to do with Catherine? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't so make it be that they, they tried to contact the dead and I, and I have to somewhat step yeah, over into my but, biblical knowledge to feel satisfied because what happened, I think they tried to contact Angela's mom, you know, on, on the other yeah. side and they, and they met a demon that they didn't expect to meet instead of her mom. Now that I think about it, I guess the movie kind of explained that, but I'm also pulling from my knowledge of religion to understand yeah. what happened. Yeah, I and I still don't know how many demons there were. No, one, or, or two, five. Was. Yeah, right. Well, they're trying. I, I mean, they messed this up all the way back in the early '80s when they did part two, <laughs> because what it sounds like they're trying to do is this whole arc about. Pazuzu and part two tried to explain Pazuzu and didn't make any sense. I think they're trying to do a Pazuzu tie in. The problem is how do you bring that in when, you know, you don't introduce Reagan to begin with. So how are, how are all these people connected? That's where the rough part happens. And two moving forward, the worst part about it is with legacy sequels, you want the hero to show up and beat the demon. So in the Halloween movies, they got Jamie Lee Curtis. When they did Tron Legacy, you know they brought back Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. You know he was the hero in the original Tron movie. The original heroes in the original movie are dead. 
one was choked out by Reagan. The other one jumped out the window and fell down the stairs and then got shot by the cop in part three. You know, as much as Reagan suffered and everything like that, she was not the hero. Chris was not the hero. They were the victims. Yeah. They don't have the power to beat demons. It was the Catholic priest's sacrifice that defeated evil. So you can't continue with the legacy story when the heroes died 50 years ago. Right. You know what this is kind of like? They, they mentioned the Dead Sea Scrolls. Well, there are other like Canaanite literature where the, the pagan gods, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they believed that sometimes you had to sacrifice a, a member of your family. This is where child sacrifice came from to a demon. And then that demon would let the rest of your family live. Right. So if you look at this community here, they essentially sacrifice one of the girls so that so that the rest of them and the other girl can live. So it, that, that's kind of interesting. Right. Or that's what we think. I mean, that that's the one issue is, again, we were watching this movie as a standalone movie when and it was after we found out. And again, that was our fault for not doing the studying. But. You know, if we would have watched it knowing it was a trilogy, then maybe you can look at it as, okay, is Angela, is she cured? Mm -hmm. I don't know. When, uh, she, when Reagan was possessed in the original movie, she, Reagan would come back every once in a while and talk and, you know, be there. So, you know, maybe the demon's dormant. Maybe it's hiding, you know. We don't know. So all we know is that, unfortunately, the other little girl died, but was there a reason for that? You know, I mean, you could make a good story with the parents being jealous and angry that Angela lived, but Catherine died. So now they turn on God and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe you'll have, you've got your super friends of priests over here. Maybe they're going to start the evil. Maybe I, that would be really bad. Don't do that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is as a standalone movie, it, it struggles pretty bad, but if they can take the story and move it somewhere good and make sense of everything that happened and kind of explain, it may not be as bad as we think. Right. And two, I, I, again, my second paradox, this is the Ghostbusters two paradox. I feel because when you have a movie that's as perfect as the exorcist was, or, ghostbusters was and you try to make a sequel it's never going to stand up right okay if you truly just if you can push it out of your mind push the original out of your mind and watch ghostbusters 2 that is a hilarious movie it is funnier than most movies out there the problem is ghostbusters the original was so good and on such a high pedestal that when you came back you were expecting ghostbusters and you got part two and it's like, uh, it wasn't as good. It's almost impossible to make it as good. I mean, there right. are very few, you know, you got Empire, you got Godfather Part Two. There are very few sequels that can stand up to and or be better than the original. And in most cases, when you have a movie as good as Ghostbusters or The Exorcist and they bring you that second one, that is a solid movie. You get upset because it's like, ah, it wasn't as good as the first. And it's rarely going to be. Right. So, yeah, when people walk into this, they're thinking, yes, after 50 years, we're finally going to get our sequel. And then it was like, it wasn't as good as, the, well, no, there are very few movies that are as good as the original. I mean, it's just that movie w was right on the edge of perfect. 
And doesn't matter what you do for part two, it's not going to hold up. Right. So I think, a, you know, a lot of the hate is just because it wasn't as good as the original. And unfortunately, it's just never going to be. Right. I do have a my final qualm with the movie is sort of in the wrap up scene. I, I found this hilarious. We talked about the inconsistent storyline and the inconsistent theology of the movie. And I'm, I'm fine if the movie is not theologically accurate. I just want it to follow its own rules, right? Present, mm-hmm. present some movie rules and then stick to them. So at the end, the nurse is saying, um, you know, for her reason, her explanation of evil, she's like, we just have to cling to whatever God or God's or people in our lives bring us life. Now, earlier in the movie, they cited the Dead Sea Scrolls. And in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the gods, you know, they, they, she mentions connecting with other gods. The gods are the fallen angels. So connecting with them is how people got possessed. Demon possession started in the first place. So we get to the end of the movie, and <laughs> basically she's telling the audience, do the thing that got people possessed. And the girls, like, they're trying to connect <laughs> with Angela's dead mom. They're trying to cling to life. Do the thing that got the girls possessed. I'm like, someone needed to look at this script. Ugh. I missed that part. She was actually saying people should try to talk to. Well, dead. she didn't. She didn't mean that. I, I, I think they were trying to include all different groups who would be watching this movie. Right. And so they, they try to include other religions by saying, if you worship God or other gods or, you know, just cling to them. But but not understanding that in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the other gods are the fallen angels that started demon possession. <laughs> so so it's just one of those things where it's like, oh man, you guys you guys really needed a consultant here. Yeah, a little research would have worked. Yeah. Mm. Well, tell me if you guys recommend this movie and where you would rank it in the franchise. Okay, it's the third best Exorcist movie. All right, it's it's better than two. It's better than Beginnings and Dominion. It wasn't a great movie by any means, but it wasn't as horrible as I think that people are like making it out to be. It definitely has its flaws. It definitely gets a little funky in some areas. But if you just watch it as a horror movie, I think it's got enough there to keep you entertained. It's got enough creep outs. It's got enough jump scares. It's got enough intrigue to... Like I said, if you forget it's an exorcist movie and just I'm here to watch a horror movie and be creeped out and entertained for two hours, I think it does that job. So, I mean, it's worth the watch. I wouldn't say, you know, don't waste your time. I I think it's worth the watch. Just don't have super high expectations and you you might enjoy it. And I think that's why I did. I didn't have high expectations. I mean, like I said, my the right before they started the movie, I looked at Drew and said, I hope this doesn't suck. That, that was my expectation. Yeah. So, but like I said, they shot the movie like an exorcist movie. They killed it on that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Good job. Great, great start of the movie. All right. I like the story. I like, you know, you have to make a choice and then it jumps 13 years into the future. And, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, so you got the backstory, the girls disappearing, you know, that whole, that was, that was a good 30 minutes of a movie, I want to say, or at least 15, it felt longer. And 
it wasn't boring. It wasn't bad. I was worried about the girls because you know, as the audience member, they're possessed, but it's like, and they're missing. Jeez, what's going on? What are they doing? What's happening? How is this going to be? You know, so that was real done really well. Then them turning. That was, I mean, you know, Catherine walking down the middle of church. Oh, yeah. That was creepy. It was. That was good. You know, uh, the whole light thing with the dad brushing the teeth and the girl. Keeps oh, it yeah. Clean. Now, again, going to reality, what person wouldn't freak out when the light goes and your daughter standing right in front of you? How did that happen? Yeah. You know, he's just like, oh, that was weird. I think I told but Doug anyway. if my daughter did that to me. That's that's the minute we get in the car and we're like going to a hospital and you're staying here for the night and I'm going back home because I'm not dealing with that. But, you know, so there's, um, but still, you know, that's, that's, that's nitpicking that, that was creepy. That was good. The girls, I said, the changing the possession that was done. Well, it, I think it started sliding when Chris came in again, Ellen Burson, great actress. She, you know, she was, she was good. You know, I mean, even, even though it's, you know, Drew said it felt like she was phoning in her lines. She was still the best actress you know actor on the screen yeah because she is that good you know so she wasn't boring it was just unnecessary yeah except for to bring in reagan so if you kind of numb your mind get past that the whole super friends thing was kind of cool up until the possession and again they could have they could have kept another three or four minutes on top of that go a little bit deeper let's let's figure out which religion is doing what because everyone was praying different ways so you know maybe go a little bit deeper into that why are they you know what prayer are they using you know obviously the catholics use i think you said psalm 91 uh, scriptures from psalms you know what do the pentecostals use you know would they and again i don't know religions like you do but pentecostals are they the dancing yeah religion Mm-hmm. that they always put heavy metal to and yeah as much that, as i respect religions that is the funniest thing <laughs> on the internet when they drop the so they, you they know drop a mad so, beat at church I, I would love to see something like that don't just say oh we have these different religions if you're going to bring these religions in represent their religions you know man get get the music going you know have have a beat going they're sitting there praying and doing that dance and everything like that you know and then you got the uh baptists you, you know they, i know they're on their knees most of the time and so you know that priest should have been down on his knees hands up you know doing that if they would have done that a little bit more too even with even in failure that would have made the you know the whole exorcism kind of cooler because they could have separated each place and show their strengths show their beliefs and everything would have made the story a little bit more interesting and helped with the growth of victor's character him seeing these people who believe different things who may not believe the same thing the person right next to him is when it comes down to it it's good versus evil and that's that's what was kind of cool and if they would have shown that a little bit better that would have been cool and then, yeah, like you said, the ending was half and half. Again, if we would have known Catherine, it would have been better. We would have felt more. But yeah, like Drew said, it is, it, it's a decent horror movie. I mean, you know, there's 10 billion horror movies out there. This is going to be on the top tier of it. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it because, you know, it was a solid movie, I felt. And like, you know, if you watch or you follow the channel, The Exorcist is my second favorite movie of all time. You would think I would be the most upset about this, but I wasn't. I thought, again, they could have, they missed up. They missed a couple things, I feel. But for an Exorcist movie, if it had to be done, they could have done a lot lot worse i yeah. believe I so i'm true. not i do not feel like i wasted my money and truthfully i will watch that again especially knowing it's going to be a sequel and i would love to see some deleted scenes mm -hmm. yeah because uh there's rank it uh, rank it yeah three, three. i agree with you 100 third best Ooh. because uh, obviously the original is number one yep. part three was done very well strong number two this, you know, you got one, you got two, three is a little bit further down. It's not anywhere close as good as two. But again, I didn't think it was bad. How about oh, you, man. Nathan? I think you have a oh. different opinion. Yeah, I am going to not recommend the movie because I don't think they could get their own universe rules straight. And they were inconsistent with the lore of the franchise and the lore that they set up in this movie. So I could throw out all my knowledge of religion and I still think that they made an incoherent plot. And I do think they set out to say it takes all of us and then shot themselves in the foot with how the film ended. Now, I might decide I'm wrong about that if the sequel picks up that thread and does something with it. So I am kind of lightening up on that opinion a little bit as we talk about this. But yeah, I... I thought the movie was going to be like super terrifying because the TV spots running uh, the week before the movie came out, I was watching football and it's like every commercial break, there's this trailer that was real quick cuts from this movie and it, it looked terrifying. And I was like almost dreading going to see it like, Oh, how disturbing is this going to be? But I didn't find myself scared or I just didn't find it as disturbing as the trailer. And I think I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. This it there, you know, I'm not a big jump scare guy. I didn't <laughs> jump on any of the jump scares. I, the snake? Um, I jumped then. Jumped? I jumped. Then. I jumped at the snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I kind of looked over you. I was like, because <laughs> 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 um, I mean, he's he's reaching down and picking up a rock. Of course, there's going to be oh. something underneath there. Right. Why would they film it. that? <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, could be on. a tie too, to uh, Genesis 3, the serpent. Because later, very well could be maybe tempting you know, the demon representative. And maybe the they'll serpent. explain that. I mean, yeah. you got the serpent, you got the decision at the end. They yeah. made the wrong decision, obviously. So, you know, again, but they should have portrayed that if that's yeah. how they were going to go. Yeah. A. B. If that's the way they're going to go, then they're kind of implying they're going up against Satan, <laughs> you know? Because, yeah. again, the way they should, well, I mean, I'm not saying it was perfect, but. Something you guys should check out is the Exorcist TV show. The first season ties in to the original, and it was done pretty good. I was pretty satisfied with the TV show, and that's why I continue watching season two. I enjoyed season two as well. I mean, it died after season two, but you know, I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, obviously, they're trying to do the Reagan beats Pazuzu thing. The problem was... There was very little talk of Reagan, no talk of Pazuzu, mm -hmm. because other than, though, this isn't Pazuzu, even though they wrecked it. So apparently the 
demons take pictures and hand them around at the bar or something. You see this lady, get her, stab her eyes out with a crucifix or something. And and how that didn't kill her? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's she's eighty plus year old woman who just got stabbed with a pretty thick crucifix in both eye sockets. Yep, she'd be dead. That'd go into her brain. Yeah. I would say you you would think as much as that was sticking out, a it would have hit the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But two, all that was there was Victor, right? Yeah, he just came and up and so you know what could he do for bleeding eyeballs? <laughs> I mean, you can't cut off a artery to stop the bleeding. No, <laughs> without choking her yeah. to death. So it's like, what what could he have done to help her live until the ambulance got there within three to seven minutes later, if you're lucky. Yeah. That was part of the misstep. That's the part you can just kind of numb out and just enjoy the uh, wackiness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say not recommend. I might reevaluate after I see a sequel. I mm-hmm. might reevaluate where I rank it too after a sequel. Cause I know that objectively it's the third best movie in the exorcist franchise, but I enjoyed the terrible heretic and the terrible dominion. They're both awful, but the heretic is such a weird failure. Like it's just like, what were these guys doing that you can kind of laugh at? Heretic wasn't a part of the exorcist. No, the heretic (laughs) belongs on riff tracks. I'm hoping that they don't try to, integrate everything from the sequels meaning i don't want to see a strobe light in part two or three or whatever they're calling it well this one was called believer then it's deceiver deceiver and then i don't know what the, the third next one, one was be. something er but it was weird <laughs> it was like not a real word believer but, uh, deceiver and retriever <laughs> retriever the cleaver <laughs> well i guess leave we'll be to back beaver. to talk the about weaver. those when they come out leave it to beaver oh absolutely now I I'm looking forward to see what they do. I'm I'm not saying I'm excited to s- see the movie because I love this one, but I'm curious to see if they can make up for it. Yeah. Because again, I I you give me 6 minutes of film to add to this movie and I think I can fix it and skip the Chris McNeil part Um, or change that around a little, but yeah, just like I said, just a few little things. And this movie turns from, in my opinion, average to an above average sequel. Cause I think they, they had the formula. They just, you know, a little bit too much of this, a little bit less of this. And I think it could have been something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I say, check it out. Maybe, maybe, you know, catch a matinee, Catch it at the rerun theater if they still have those nowadays. I have no idea. Or just wait for video. I mean, yeah. heck, movies come out on video like a month after they hit the theaters anyhow. Yeah. So, but yeah, I would I would suggest checking it out. It's not bad. Well, guys, if you want some weird movie merch, check the links in the description. I put some stuff there. And I guess we'll see you next time.